From Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, I'm Scott Bliss, and this is Interview. Canada is a country of about 35 million people, and an overwhelming 80% of them have access to the internet. Toronto, Canada's largest city, is a hotbed of online activity, including social media and blogging. Joining us today via Skype is one of Toronto's most colorful bloggers, Ramey Loren White, better known as Ramey the Minx. So listen, Ramey, I really appreciate you doing this. Thanks very much. You're welcome. So what do, um, let's start by, what do your readers expect to get when they visit Ramey the Minx? How do you explain to people what your blog is? My blog is essentially a variety show uh, from a diarist perspective of my day and my life, my thoughts, my opinions. I'm a bit of a cynical humorist, and I've been putting my opinions on the internet for 11 years. So they, there's something for everyone there. They have been following all along, or they're newcomers. It's just like a clusterfuck of holy crap, here is, you know, a self-involved, self-important girl that's kind of, I've turned it into um, a bit of a bit business enterprise to support this lifestyle that I blog. So it's a bit of the chicken and the egg now. But you know, you have, uh, it appears that you have a fairly significant audience. In fact, you claim on your website that you have 5,000 daily uniques. So what, what are daily uniques and are there any other statistics you can share? It's um, sometimes it's higher than that. Recently, last week, someone said it, it's uh, that I get 6,900 you know hits a day. Um, this last week, my blog took a shit nap because I was getting so much traffic. The server um, blocked a lot of my parts of it down, so then it just completely was. Um, I don't even know what the term is for now. It was shut down, so I have to go on to my own dedicated server now, which they only. The only use for those is like very high traffic sites, corn sites. So it was a bit of a catch-22. Like here I, I'm getting a lot of traffic, so much so that I'm being shut down by the internet. Uh, summertime hits go down to maybe about 3,000 a day. You know, usually it's between three and 5,000. And a daily unique is, a, is what? A unique person? It's uh, a person who is like brand new, not like a repeat person. During that day? Yeah. So they're like a, it's a fresh hit. And uh, now that person may, that person may look at multiple pages, but each day, the first, the first time they come, they reckon you recognize it as a, a unique. Right. But the traffic number of like cycling through my pages, those will not be unique hits, but they'll still be counted in my overall stats. So me personally, I, I count all hits. Like if some asshole comes to my site and I've, convince them to keep reading my blog and keep clicking why the hell would i not acknowledge those like 40 extra hits that they put on like that's you know hours logged on my blog reading my life so i count that as a personal victory as well as it's a number and they don't lie so as you mentioned earlier you've been at this for a long time in fact uh i think you started in 2000 yeah so how old were you and do you remember what the original intent was I was 17 and I was writing on a message board. I was working downtown interning and I had access to the internet and I created Ramey the Minx on this message board. I think blogging had already been invented, but I, I hadn't heard about it yet. It was like a, a few weeks away. 
I was on this message board in 1999 and I was scanning in my photos. I was, I wanted to be like, I wanted to work for a magazine. I wanted to be my own magazine. So I saw that this could be the beginning of that. And I got a following on this message board and then blogger came to me over email through a, a mentor of mine. And he said, start a blog here, do exactly what you're doing, but don't give all that to that, that content away, put it on your own thing. So then I started life happens to Ramey on, and I just wanted to take all of that audience or that whatever I was successfully doing and maintaining this interest in of myself. I wanted to just take it all for myself. And that guy said he would take posts and post them on his website, which was kind of like a sister urban history website to this message board. So most blogs are abandoned after a month or two. And even the most successful have, you know, really only been around for five or six years. Oh yeah. There's like so many awesome blogs I came across in my whole time, in my time. Right. But yeah. And they stop or they evolve into some other shit. So how have you been able to keep yours going? Just, I'm a compulsive creator and a writer and like, I would be a dummy not to. I have this platform. People start blogs every day and they're like, how do we get readers? Oh my God, this is futile. There's all the famous people on the internet already exist now. So I was ahead of that. So I'm like, I'll be ahead of everyone else. And then that came true in 2002. More people were blogging and there was like only a hundred people in Toronto doing it. And I was 19 and crazy and a black hair and showed my tits and partied and didn't give a fuck. And that shocked people. And the other half who weren't shocked, who just actually liked it. It was just like, yeah, this is what it is. This is, then everyone talked about it like it was art or, you know, insanity and stupid and who cares. But it snowballed from there. And then around 2004 or five, I became friends with a famous rock musician and just like, you know, I had friends in LA who also blog and we all kind of like, mirrored each other or shared each other's content and then I started having blogger parties and trying to get people involved and out and like the all the time I invested in my blogging is how and why it is what it is because I spent a lot of time on it or I have in the past I'll spend like eight hours in a day writing a post and like fine-tuning it and then commenting on other websites and you know it's like a whole fucking it is your whole life it, it's so consuming and the more you give to it, the more you get out of it. So, you know, there's been some criticism about the tits for clicks thing. How do you feel, though, about the pictures? What what purpose do they serve, do you think? I don't care. I'm a nudist. I'm a, I'm a lazy writer. You know, I'm a sloth. And I am not, I'm not going to say I'm not good looking. I'm not going to say I look ugly. There are photos in my archives where I'm huge and fat and crazy. And I'm like, I should delete this. But... Who cares? Like I did it already. I'm not going to go erase history. But are they also good for business? No. Like it, it will be actually at a sheer, like this is the only photo on my camera that I took a photo of myself last night, for example, you know, like in the past. And I'll be like, that's all I got today because, you know, maybe I'm being abused in, on a forum and I'm not new to write anything or we're not doing anything till tomorrow. I won't. I'm a life. Uh, blogger, or lifestyle blogger, or diarist. So if I don't do anything and I don't have a life that day, then I don't have a blog post that day. And it's just random. It's it's just random. I've, I'm totally scarred for showing my tits nipples now, so I don't anymore. I cover them with nipple cases. And it's not worth it at this point. 
I'm not making enough money at this point to keep getting made fun of for it. So I'll wait until I'm making more money and then I'll show my tits like crazy. I don't care if people think it's a gimmick. It's just me. It's one part of me. And there are so many other things that I do daily that once in a while walking across the room naked, putting up a fucking picture on my website, it doesn't even matter to me. And it and then now it's become bigger than what it is. So it's now like a thing that people talk about and discuss at length and wonder about and hate me for. And it's just like fine, like sometimes I get over it and I ignore it. Other times I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna put nipples on here for a while because everyone is mad at me right now. And it's just it's ridiculous. It's uh, a con- we, Toronto is progressive. It fancies itself as such, but it's actually totally not. It's so conservative. And the older I get, the more train wrecky it looks, the more I show them. So I can't win. Um, but I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop. So people should just get over it and get used to it. Well, it's, but I'm fucked every time, every excuse I come up with or justification for showing it. It said she's too old for this or, you know, like, and it's ridiculous to me. And now it's like, okay, now I'm going to have spite nipples. Like, fuck all of you people. So, you know, it's been thoroughly documented that you were uh, in a long-time relationship and even engaged at one point until um, calling things off. And there was a fairly well-known article that appeared in the Globe and Mail written by Christopher Shulgin in 2009. Yeah. What uh, impact did that article have? And was it important in the development of your audience? I had already had a lot of following before that happened, ever happened. And when you're like a cult famous person, you feel very exposed yet isolated. So there's still like hordes of society. You've never even heard about me. You know, even being on MTV now, people still don't know who the fuck I am. So when I got the, um, like increase of traffic and attention from that article that was coming after I was already getting attention for leak, you know, for ending that relationship. And so it was just like a long, arduous period in my life under the microscope. And it made me numb because I was already like on my crazy high horse for like, you know, all my whole life. But I never really got to uh, experience real feelings about that. It, it became more about what everybody else was saying rather than me and him. And then all these other newspapers wrote about it and media. And then it was just the timing of social media and blogging. And why should we give a fuck about a girl who, you know, breaks up? People break up every day. And it just like became a news bit, you know, an example rather than, hey, these are real people. The, the other day I was uh, reading along on your blog and out, sort of out of nowhere, you suddenly started to describe your current boyfriend's facial expressions after he has an orgasm. Oh, and, yeah. and, and I guess from that, I mean, I, I know from looking at, at your blog, you really don't have a filter. Um, so, so yeah, be- I do, but yeah, I, I say more than the average person, but so out of that now, are there any posts that you really regret having put up? Um, that post made my mom so mad and like it became a thing and all these haters, it became a thing and like, oh my God, get him fired. Get him. Like, and then I was like, I was already tentative about it and it was only going to meant, it was only meant to be actual stand up material because when you say these jokes 
to a room, not like written or you're not reading it in a on a blog. It it, it translates better. I, you know, I got the point. I thought it was funny, and and obviously. Oh yeah, I'm fucking actually funny. Like when I am being funny, I can be funny. But people have sucked the sense of humor out of it now. So now this looks like a degrading, disgusting, vile, cum towel explanation experience, and it's like fuck. Sorry, I'm getting really aggro. But but you know, I figure that he too. I mean, he knows he's with you. He understands. Oh, I, it. I read it out loud to him, and like. You know, he, he laughs because it is annoying for me as the woman. Like, I'm a feminist here. I'm playing feminist. Like, oh, poor me. I have come all over me. And, you know, that shit is funny. That is real life. People should poke fun about sex more often. And I think it's a healthy part of uh, humanity and your experience here on sort of having sex and talking about it and being open about it. Because then you end up having more sex and the relationship becomes better, you know? But honestly, now, uh, what I really meant, though, was, okay. I know, I totally scapegoating the issue here. Do, do I regret? Right, but if that's the issue, you know, I mean, if that's the example. Coming the issue, Scott. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, if that was the example, the question really is, are there any real, are there any posts that you really, in retrospect, regret having made? Oh, tons. I can't remember them. There's so many I've written. Like, once in a while, I'll go through my archives and be a bit cringy, but I leave them there, like, what is going to happen to me? Am I going to go to jail for writing about my fucking life in a journal that became famous on the internet? Why? Like, more people should should share their stuff. Maybe I could become better at self, um, what's the word, Being have more of a filter? Maybe not. No, I don't think I'm saying anything that's bad, really. Um, I regret when I, I regret when I react to the haters and give them more power, but I'm an emotional person. And well, we're going to get to that then. So, and you know, any good recurring TV, radio, or even print storyline has recurring themes. It has like bit players that support the effort. And in your case, some of the ones that I see are a, a, a history of some personal issues, the naked pictures, your relationship with your mother, and then the, and then the big one being the haters. Yeah. Now, right or wrong, though. Picture you painted. But but right or wrong, aren't the haters actually good for business? I mean, doesn't controversy sell? I think so. Yeah, but it still like taints me as like a cray cray person. But um, they are you know essentially your biggest fans obsessively, and it is my job to make people obsessed with me. But I guess I'm trying to like. I'm trying to find a loophole here. Like you can be obsessed with me, but only if it's nice. Like you can rate me only if you're good looking, right? Like there's. So it, you know, is the degree to which you sometimes seem to be bothered by them. Is that real or is that just part of the show as well? Oh, it's all real. I blow up like crazy, but yeah, it's real. And I, it's probably coming across more frustratingly, more emotional because I'm trying to still like, cap the lid on not very well but i'm i'm trying to like subtly like point fingers at people but not give away who i'm mad about and i just i yeah i need a publicist to clean my shit up and <laughs> go to the next level and evolve into a classy person but then no one would read that blog that blog was suck yeah, so i think you're right so you know on your blog under i think it says advertising or something you quote 
a display ad as being $300 per month. Outdated. And, and yet, and yet, whether it's outdated or not, I don't see a whole lot of display ads. So the question is: Well, what do you what do you fucking think is a whole lot of display ads? Because I'm really tired of answering this question. I'm not attacking you. But mine are subtle. Mine are subtle, and I'm a virtual salesman, and I don't always tell my secrets, or I don't say what is paid and what is not. But what I'm really after is: Are endorsements and personal appearances really the name of the game, not the display ads? Say that again. Is endorsement via product placement and the fact that you might be hired to make a personal appearance somewhere, is that is that are those really more what the game is these days rather than a three hundred dollar a month display ad? Well, you need both. You need both to survive in this industry. I don't understand what you mean. Like, am I all about advertising and selling out? I'm about making money if I can working my ass off with this stupid ass blog I've had for over a decade and fucking right. I want money and fucking right. I want endorsements and I want people to know I'm getting paid and I'm an it girl, an influencer, whatever, like say what you want about me, but I can raise the rank of your website. I can sell your product. I have little Ramey's up my ass for like tons of shit. So it's part of the game. Oh, I don't think you should have, I don't think you should apologize for your business. I say sorry. I'm just curious what your business is. And I, and I suspect that. Too, I'm a mystery. And I, I, and I suspect that in addition to display ads, it's, it's the product placements and so forth. So as an example. No, there's tons of work. Like there are months where I make zero money, but there's tons of product placements and no money. Like they, it's, it's a crazy industry because they are PR girls and product and blogger influencer here. And they want to pay you in product without paying you to do their work. And then it, if you are say the wrong thing in your email, which I do all the time, but I'm right, you know, fucking pay me. You like, I'm not like my blog will keep going and keep being read whether or not I put your stupid product on it the next day. And the crazy amount of work, like my friends, my peers get emailed this shit all the time. And it's a, a frustrating industry. It's very, you get hated like crazy for it. You have to keep your chin up and act like above it. You have competition. Everyone talks shit about you. Everybody dogs you. Everybody thinks you're nuts. And everybody hates you. But you have a lot of lovers too. Sorry, tangent. Next question. <laughs> well, no. So the other day you had this picture of a really good looking hamburger sitting on top of the wrapper and the logo was clearly visible. My dad got me that. Licks did not pay my dad. Okay. And that's what I want. That's what I was curious about. Was no, that that's, a... that's my real life. So that, that was a preference, not a paid endorsement. No. Yes. Well, I'm also a foodie blogger. I know. Yes. And, um, so that was the food we were eating. And... You know, if I emailed Licks and kissed their ass like crazy and was like, here, let me give, pay me to eat hamburgers, they would still tell me, you know, go fuck yourself. You are a crazy blogger. Why the hell should we? You know, but maybe not. But I did not do that. And if I had, I probably would be bragging more to be an actual blog tutorial and I would be like going down a Licks water slide or something. So I've read where you uh, I've read where you have written um, that these questions about how you make money are are too invasive and and I can appreciate that. So let me just jump to one final one and then I'll. No, it's not that they are. It's just like you know when I 
go to a dinner party and we're all sitting down at a table and like say we're with some people who don't really pay attention to the internet and they're like oh you are a blogger what is this blogging oh I heard about Twitter right it's very condescending and rude and I would never ask that person what the fuck they do how much they make doing whatever the hell they actually do so I'm uh, shining light on the hypocrisy here well, and fair point, but let me ask this one last question, which is, do you think your readers have a right to know when you're endorsing something or being paid to make an appearance? Yes and no. And, okay, I'll say yes, why? Um, because, well, when it's blatantly obvious that it's a blog advertisement, you don't really need to say it, right? Because it's there. And no, like the only time they would, if I was lying to them and I was being like a cheesy, like, car salesman of like win this barbecue or you know like something that doesn't go in my brand and it's very obvious that would be desperate times and I don't know I'm Rami the Minx I could get away with anything so if I was like one of a million mommy blogs out there that are littered with coupons and like just all these giveaways and product merch crap everywhere again it's like that's obvious that I'm being sold to here when I sell things, I, I like to think I'm more subtle about it. And even if it if I can't be subtle, I'm still being generous. I'm like, here is a deal. Here's how you get this thing for free. I am the blog you read every day. So fucking what if I have to make money like, you know, from this thing to pay a fucking phone bill? Very defensive. Sorry. <laughs> so, I know I'm right. I'm right. So when I look at your history, um, I think I see the progression, uh, a progression that starts with a very young non-private person who's blogging away without any filter to at some point in the process becoming a personality and beginning to do things like working out at a gym, attending events, even, you know, appearing on the Canadian MTV program Creeps. And now it seems to me that you're taking another step, that you're, you're now sort of morphing into what might be a public performer or even maybe performance art kind of thing. You know, for example, the burlesque dancing at the Bovine Sex Club. Yeah. A club that I've not been to, but a name that I love. <laughs> There's no sex there that I have seen. No, yeah. and, I, and I can tell that from their website. But, but there's uh, been bondage performance in the back room. That's cool. so, so out of all that, there is a question. And that question is, does feeding the blogging beast require that you constantly up your ante? In other words, do you have to go from saying anything to doing anything? No, I think that all my endeavors, to me, it's tame. It's no different. But performing is pretty nerve wracking. And apparently I'm not very good at it. But it's pretty hard to like put a whole production together and manage things being like the type of stressed out person that I am. But um, I see like I've always done arty shit. And I've always been doing performance art before I like, you know, ever had a show. But yeah, you have to do everything. You have to be fit. And only that's because you can you'll have the confidence to take your clothes off, right? And then I get back into the territory of gimmicks and you know, nudity and whatever. It's just all a journey now. And I don't know what the future is for me personally. Um, I don't think I can do all this like naked, dancey stuff forever for the next, you know, maybe a couple of years more. I don't know. I'd like to go into film actually and acting more than anything. I will always continue writing and having my little blog tutorials. I assume that's where I, that's where I, my plan is. My hope. Are you obsessed in any way with the daily uniques with growing the audience? Yes, but 
you know, I don't, I don't lose sleep at night over it. I like, it is what it is. If this day was good. Some days I have a video that gets 10,000 views and all the traffic, extra traffic boom came from, comes from that. And that's wicked. You know, it seems to me that there's a potential danger that, uh, yeah, I'm competitive. And I wonder whether that doesn't lead at some point to the to the the kind of the metaphorical where the only thing left to do is douse yourself in gasoline and like and like the. Well, the why fuse. the fuck do that? I'd be dead. I don't want to be famous when I'm dead. I don't want to be famous while I'm alive. So listen, Ramy, I I come from a commercial background, and so you know, I personally think your history is impressive. I applaud your business ability in developing and, and maintaining an audience, and I uh, wish you continued success. Thanks, man. Thank you very much for doing this. Okay, be in touch. Don't be a stranger. We've been talking to Ramy Loren White, Toronto blogger, personality, and performer. This program is recorded and produced in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania by me, Scott Bliss. It's available for free under Creative Commons with attribution. You can stream it. You can download it. You can even embed it on your website. It can be found on SoundCloud.com, Audioboo.fm, and iTunes under username WS Bliss Jr. WS Bliss Jr. Thanks for listening.